0: mind flow for success everybody today we're talking about your ceo avatar my name is glenn and i'm brandon and we are ceo avatars and we are also well caffeinated and i'm really excited about all of that today Well caffeinated, well I am definitely
1: proof that there's not an amount of caffeine that can kill you because I've had way too much caffeine before 10 o'clock this morning, but we are here and we're really excited to talk about you being a leader and really having the right mind flow to help you succeed and quite literally make it rain.
0: Yeah, I think this one here talking about, uh, you know I never loved the term mindset because I feel like it's become jargony. I really like the term mind flow because that's kind of how the mind works. But I think this one right here is gonna be really impactful for a lot of people. I know there's multiple people in the mentorship right now who I'm coaching where we talk about mind flow and we we have conversations about, Hagelin, what should I do next? And oftentimes I ask a very simple question back which is, that's a really great question. What would the CEO avatar version of yourself tell you to do? And then they get dialed into themselves and they already have the answers to their questions, which is great because if you can teach a man to fish they eat for life.
1: Yeah, I think that that's one of the most powerful revelations of this CEO avatar. I mean, one of the things that Glenn and I learned through Greg Mack, inspired by the book Transactional Analysis, was this idea of identity versus role, which is a whole other conversation in itself that we've talked about in previous episodes, and you want to learn more, go to one of the uh, sources, Mr. Greg Mack's in Exercise Pro Ed. But how I like to look at it is that you have this CEO avatar thing, this version of you where you already know if you were gonna try to be that next level version of you, that version of you where you're making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year, where you have your own business, you got trainers working for you, you know the characteristics you need to embody. You you have an idea of what things might be stopping you from succeeding. And so I love this idea of CEO Avatar because to me all the roles you fulfill, educator, salesperson, trainer, whatever it is in your professional world, if you umbrella it underneath the CEO avatar of what would the CEO version of you do, it becomes so much easier to have a conversation of if you're not where you want to be, what do you need to do to
0: succeed? And it helps you challenge yourself in my opinion. Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things that people struggle with the most and it's one of the reasons why people sign up onto the mentorship or why they're engaged in our Facebook group is because they have an idea of where they wanna go, but they're not really sure how to get there. And sometimes that comes down to not having a crystallized version of what that life looks like. Because if you don't know where you wanna go, how do you possibly chart a road to get there? And that's, I think, one of the most beautiful things about knowing with the CEO avatar version of yourself, uh, who that person is and what they do, is you can start to reverse engineer that career path and the things you need to do to learn and to grow to be where you want to go. Now, I think maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here. Explicitly, the CEO avatar is who are you when you are at your best, when you're at your peak, when you are running your business, either as a one-to-one client-facing, personal trainer, exercise professional, or as a CEO, business owner of a facility or a team of people, right? This is like the most optimized, best version of you, almost like the pinnacle. Like it's not going to get any better than that.
1: Yeah, there's this idea, I mean, I heard it, oh my gosh, I can't remember what book it was, but it was the idea of that you need to dress for the job that you want to have and not wear the clothes of the past. And so if you think about what set of clothes you would wear in the most amazing version of you, the final boss version, the Super Saiyan version 4 version of you, if you will, What would you look like? What would you do? And who would you be? And so I love to think about this because for me, this helps me maintain accountability and stay committed to where I'm going because you need to know, like Lynn just said, and it's a Cheshire Cat quote from Alice in Wonderland. I think it's so cheesy. If you don't know what road you're taking, any path will lead you there. So if you know where you want to be and you know that the CEO version of you is wearing a suit with a button-down tie and all this stuff, it becomes so much easier. But in the context of personal training, I think this is a missing piece. I was just talking to somebody at um, Lifetime Fitness who oversees a lot of trainers yesterday, which is super cool. And he was talking about that a lot of these trainers have this one hat on that I am an exercise person. I like training people. I like dispensing exercise. And that's fine if you do. But openly, you can't stifle your success by just thinking you're an exercise person. Because every time you enter into an interaction where there's two people in a room together, you and your client, You are now entering into an abyss in this engagement where your communication, your nurturing and all the qualities you bring forward to the table have to be there. If you want to go to that next level and you want to make $100,000 a year or more, what characteristics can you embody today that exemplify who you want to be in the future?
0: I think a lot of people have the formula mixed up. I learned this a long time ago through a course that I'm no longer involved with, but I thought it was beneficial at the time. And it was and so the 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 mix-up is that most people think that if only I had More time I could do the things necessary And then I'd be where I want to be if only I had more money I could do this course and then I would be a better exercise professional or if only I had more time I could study more and then I would be a better exercise professional be able to make more money But it's actually the kind of kind of the other way around which is you have to step into being first and then by being in that state, you do what you need to do so you have what you want, right? So what we're suggesting is you project yourself forward to who the CEO avatar version is of yourself and you embody those characteristics, those qualities you make, you make and do those behaviors and you be that person. And then while you're being that person, you do what you need to do in your business and then you're going to have what you want. It, it, re- it really is like that. You have to get out of this mindset that I need more time, or money, da, da da no, no, no. Be the person that you need to be to grow your business and then it's, it's, it's wild because then it's just like taking action because if you're being who you need to be and you take action, you can't help but get what you want. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like it's gonna, it's, it must happen. It's, it's going to happen. You just have to be and do to get what you want to have. I think this
1: idea of, you know, failing to prepare is preparing to fail and this might seem... You know, a little negative, but if you come back to the awesomeness of you, I mean, this is the idea. I used to ask this when I started personal training a bunch of clients years ago, 16 years ago. They'd be like, "Well, Brand, I want to lose some weight. What should I do for eating healthy?" And I say, "Okay, well, let's do this as an exercise really quickly. If I said make the perfect meal plan for you yourself right now, what would you change in your diet?" And they'd go, "Well, I'd have less of this and I'd have more of this and I wouldn't have sugar in my coffee and da da da." And I go, "Great." Why aren't you doing that right now? (laughs) And it happened so many times that people, it just became kind of a little bit silly to me because a lot of folks are, you're all way smarter, way more brilliant, way more talented than you give yourself credit for. And we get in our own way so often that we look at someone who's succeeding, someone who's further ahead, and we go, oh my God, they're so talented. They're so lucky. Maybe. But no, they worked hard and they continue to work hard. And as you work harder, they should look like they're still an equal distance of head of you because they are still working hard. They don't stop on the timeline. I was just talking to Joe DeAntonis about this in an exercise Titan interview that we did in the Fitness Pro Mentors Facebook group. And we were talking that like he wants to see all of his students grow and succeed and become those, in my words, CEO avatars, just like them. I wanna see Glenn succeed. I wanna see Taylor succeed. I wanna see everyone on my team succeed and frankly be better than me. But at the same time, there should be an amount where Glenn is working really hard and trying developing and he looks someone that's ahead of him and if that person's still working hard, it still, still should look like they're the same two kilometers ahead of them. But it's because we're all working towards this greater good of learning more, helping people, and constantly challenging ourselves and holding ourselves accountable. And that's what I love about this idea of the CEO avatar. It's
0: really about accountability. You know, Brandon, hard work is a funny a funny thing. I don't know, hmm. I don't know if people have to work hard. I don't, but I have an idea. I think people certainly have to work, but I think if you think the work is hard, that's also a mindset thing, right? I think people have to definitely put in hours and you reap what you sow, and you have to put the time in to improve your communication, your knowledge, all that kind of stuff, better and improve yourself in all these different ways, self-care, exercise yourself, eat healthy foods, for sure. But I don't know if it necessarily needs to be hard. Because there are plenty of days where I get lost in the flow of what I'm doing. Today's going to be a great example of that where I have I had uh, this morning, I woke up at 5.15 and I spent two hours working my communication for how I deliver like my report of findings after my assessments. Yes. Went out, w- walked the dog, came back downstairs, took care of my emails, cleared all that out. Came over here, had my first client doing the podcast with you, have a report of findings, go home, two hours, take care of the dog, clean the house, come back. Uh... Um, Minds a muscle coaching client, two more assessments today. And by the time I get home, it'll be seven or eight. So I've been pretty much in go mode for 12 or 13 hours, but it's not hard work for me. It's work and I'm taking action, I'm doing something, but I don't think it has to be hard. And I think yeah. if people are struggling because everything about being an exercise professional or being the CEO of their own business is very, very hard and it's stressful. There's, there's something that's there's some, there's some, there's a miss there. There's some sort of mal- misalignment whether you are not taking care of yourself, you're working too many hours, you've got other stress in your life that you're not managing. But honestly, I think if you love what you do, you can put in longer hours for sure. And the stuff that might seem hard right now, like whether it's asking for raises or talking about money, because I know that's a hard thing for a lot of people, whether it's learning marketing and failing over and over again at that, like that stuff for me, I would have said was hard. A year ago or two years ago, but since changing the way I'm thinking about it, working with you, working with another uh, coach that, that, that I'm engaged with as well, changing the way I think about it, I'm still doing it, but it's not hard anymore. It's, it's enjoyable and it's fun and I like it. And so I would question, you know, people in terms of like, what is hard work really? And are you conflating that with working longer hours to get to where you want to go? And if you are feeling like you're working hard all the time and there's some sort of friction between yourself and that way of doing things, this is just time to ask some more questions.
1: Yeah, you know, I think that's a great perspective. I like that. You know, like I think the idea of hard work does have like a negative it can. sound to it. I think, you know, I'm trying to when you're saying that, I was trying to think of different words to use. And I think that, you know, maybe let me let me know what you think. Maybe not saying hard work, but saying that you are. Committed and productive with your time might be a better way of saying it because you know that I'm trying to get to this point I'm trying to get to this financial point this number of clients Whatever it is and you can put your foot on the gas and maybe there's a lot of time You're putting in hmm. a lot of energy, but that time is productive towards the goal because you know where you're going And it's funny right when you said that I was like Oh, I probably shouldn't have said hard work because people can work hard and get nowhere Oh, yeah You can put a lot of energy into something and be unproductive or be too dispersed. I think that's one thing I see a lot of trainers do is they put too many, they have their eggs in too many baskets, so Mm. to speak. And they're working a little, they're working hard, so to speak, on all these things all over the place, but none of which are productive or going anywhere. And therefore they feel like they're not getting anywhere and they're exhausted because of the, hard work but if they were efficient with their time and they put the time in is that right yeah i think that that would be yeah. maybe a better way of saying it for sure
0: oh i i think i'm right there with him It's a great way of phrasing it and i mean we see that all the time with uh with different people we've spoken to in terms of trying to be a personal trainer and using exercise but then also doing nutrition coaching and then like also like habit maybe coaching life coaching along the way and even, i mean even in that regard like how do you market yourself like who are you for I mean, listen, we won't, maybe I won't go into it all the way, but I mean, this is just another version of like trying to work hard or spreading yourself too thin is you're working hard to be the best in nutrition, the best with muscles, the best with X, Y, Z. And really, I think the only people that are probably masterful with nutrition and exercise are probably going to be bodybuilding prep coaches. Like that's probably the one maybe line or like the one caveat or the one gray area. But like my business exploded when I said I'm not doing nutrition coaching and anything anymore even though I studied a whole bunch of that, it blew up when I said, I'm just going to help people move without pain and discomfort and use exercise to get there. Like that's when my business took off, right? I
1: I mean, I think if you look at a gigantic company, I mean, they have these these companies with tons and tons of money, have tons of people that have one specific Mm -hmm. role. It's like, you are the executive accountant. You are the CEO. You are the CFO. And although that role, that avatar, if you will, fulfills lots of different roles underneath that, those roles are all exactly in the same vein of the avatar, the overarching umbrella title that they have. Mm-hmm. So I think I mean you said, Glenn said something awesome there. I mean if you're someone who's dispersing openly, if you're dispersing yourself with too many services, you're like massage, personal trainer, and nutritionist. You're gonna have a tough time growing because no one knows what they're hiring you for. You don't have this consultant thing. You're kind of like a, a three multi-prong commodity that gets confusing. I think that idea, like you just nailed it. That's I think it's one of my big business pet peeves. It's when people are like, I do nutrition and training. It's because you can be a nutritionist and a trainer together, but how are people finding you? And do they value your services in a different way? Because nutritionists, unless you're an ex- ex- extremely amazing nutritionist, is kind of a commodity service. Like There are nutritionists on every single corner. And that model is not really long-term lucrative. Not too many people. There's not really like nutritionists to check in with every month. You could do that. But in most cases, like they hire you for three months to lose 10 pounds and then that's it. Or they say, I'm going to be with you for a year and then they fall off. It's not the same. While if you're working with people who are struggling with pain, I mean, that's a big emotional challenge that some people are struggling with, which I I love doing that here at Strata. And if you can focus on that uh, and and just a little bit more, it allows you to learn the right things, You know, five pillars of personal training, study guide to study for the gig, and then concurrently uh, get a lot of value, which helps you with your CEO mind flow.
0: You know, one of the things that I was thinking about when we were preparing for this episode was looking at and maybe poking at a little bit the things that most people, maybe not most, but a lot, uh, not, not a lot, things that are common that people I think are probably missing out on or not doing the business CEO thing and are, are essentially missing the boat on opportunities, so to speak. Because I think there's some common ones. Um, I got a couple. I think you probably got a couple too. What do you got? Well, For me, the I, you know, I was going to go with scheduling first, and maybe I'll still take that one because I've already said it, but uh, or you can you can double down on it. But the one I was saying about the most is um reviewing the game tape and reflecting. I don't think enough exercise professionals are reflecting and reviewing the game tape, and that could, and when I say and when I say reviewing the game tape, that sounds kind of buzz Maybe if you don't know about it, it's something we learned from Greg Mack in the muscle system specialist program, but it's reviewing and reflecting how your performance is and how you're doing, right? That's what professional athletes do. This is where the term comes from is they, after their games, they sit down and they spend hours a week reviewing what did what went well, what didn't go well, and then reviewing game footage of their opponents next week so they can absolutely dominate them. And it's the same thing for exercise professionals. We have to spend time reviewing how our sessions are going, reviewing the health of our business and our numbers, or we say our KPI, our key performance indicators. And then even down at a micro level, I spend time reviewing how my consultations went, how my report of findings went. I spend time reviewing these small little things because improving them, Could be the difference between me finding my next long-term client and letting one get away. And you and I even spent, what, an hour last week talking about it because I had some real knowledge gaps in the way I was communicating with people about what it is that I do. And I've been trying to improve this facet of my communication for five years now and I still got room to grow. So I think a big thing that many people are going to benefit from is taking time and allotting time to review their game tape and review how their sessions are going and review where they are right now in the health of their business. You know, I got two that come to mind, but like the, the, the one that pops up is what you just said based off of
1: um, the, the little studying that Glenn and I did together is that I think that one thing that a lot of trainers get hung up on that stops them from succeeding is they get caught in the details. They hear all these details, and especially in our world. I mean, if you're around the RTS, MSS, MAT, FPM stuff, you're hearing us talk about post activation potentiation. If you go down that rabbit hole, the level of detail and nuances that you've heard us talk about with like Charlie McMillan, Greg Mack, Jacques Henry Taylor, like there's so much amazing information you've heard us talk about, so much detail. But does that detail paralyze you? Is that paralysis by analysis there? And I hate saying this, but I, I mean, i that was kind of what we talked about with you, and I've seen a lot of people do this. They're, they're doing a closing sales conversation, and they wanna like, and you were doing this, and I was doing this too. You try to cram in as much information as you possibly can because we believe that we heard someone else do it, and we gotta smash all this info into that one session, and it's almost more for us. This information is important for me to share with you, so I need to share more information on the nervous system anatomy and why that's gonna be prudent to your herniated disc and managing that with exercise, right? We just go, and we smash this all in there. But in reality, what really matters is the story we tell our client and how that story reflects the pain and or pleasures we're gonna resolve. And I was, I, I don't know, I mean, please tell me, but I, I think you might have been surprised when I was talking about my approach of how little I actually say in that first sales conversation. And the reason why is because I don't need to say much to make a great connection and build my value and build my authority. Second, since I've studied all this stuff that you've all studied too, all this amazing information, it gives me lots of room to grow. So when I have my second follow-up or like after a reassessment report or third or fourth, I have somewhere to go to. So were you surprised like how little I said or?
0: Oh yeah. And I think, I think it was also, I mean, while we're talking about it, it was also the, the details of, um, of understanding who's in front of me as well and tailoring it to them, pe- like recognizing when people are really into it and give them a little bit more if they really want it or recognizing when, you know, their time is, uh, either they're very like neurotic. And I say that like very loosely and what I mean is, you know, whether they just really want to get going and, and. If I go too long, it's just going to glaze over the head. I'm going to lose them. Yeah. Um, or if they're like they just are high valuing of their time, because that's the kind of people that we see. People who do some people make millions of dollars a year. If they're valuable of their time, try to make every minute count and really trying to condense things as much as I can. But and this is just another CEO avatar skill, and I don't think this is something that a lot of people review all the time is like communication, right? I mean, that's really what we're talking about at the end of the day is how great are you communicating with who's in front of you whether they are, you know, somebody who maybe not be a very well educated and they may be a student who's 15 and they just want to learn more about exercise, which I have right now, or whether there's somebody who's 65 years old and is well versed in exercise and they're looking for like that next level of attention and understanding, which is something I also have to talk to people about, right? So yeah, being able to communicate With people is definitely a CEO avatar skill I think a lot of people are missing. I think something else that people are missing is that scheduling your timepiece, right? And that comes down to a whole bunch of different things that can manifest for me at least in one of two ways. One, setting up professional boundaries, which is, you know, when you say your sessions are going to be an hour with people, do you keep them to an hour? When they come in late, do you extend them because you feel bad and you want to be nice? Also. When you're working with people, are you respecting their time and giving them as much as you can and as as off the way as possible? But also, like, what about your own professional boundaries for your time? Do you just skip over doing your marketing because you don't feel like doing it that day, and you say I'm going to do it twice as much next time? Like, I think there's, and I think a lot of this stuff comes down to like identity, role, things, right? Like people don't feel confident in who they are and how they're delivering everything, and if they want to be accepted, or they want to be loved, or they don't feel like they're enough, whatever that is. And again, I, I get it because I've been there so much. It's taken me some time to build my confidence around these things. You end up giving away too much of yourself to other people, um, and you degrade your value, or even worse, you're just not nice enough to yourself. Like, if you say to yourself, I'm gonna exercise four times a week, and you give up on, of them on two of those, on that self-care strategy, you're essentially breaking your integrity and your word to yourself which is also not something that you know CEO avatars do. It's people who are in that CEO avatar role, the pinnacle, most of them, almost all of them, are going to know what they have to do and then to take action on it and they're just gonna do it and they're gonna find a way to get it done, uh, even when it's tough to get it in their schedule.
1: Yeah. I think another powerful thing that I love to talk about with people but it kind of just happens over time when people explore with themselves a little bit more is how much are you succumbing to your emotional state and insecurity because the number of times I've chatted I mean I've been really lucky that for many many years I've been helping guide and coach people to challenge themselves whether it be for an education program like a biomechanics thing or business development And it's very easy to challenge someone to go and say, Hey, go to our local mall, sit down on a bench and talk to three people. You don't know about what you do. Very easy to say that and someone go, Oh, I'll absolutely do that. But the number of times I've asked someone to go do that, call old clients, cold, call new people, reach out to people that involves you talking on the phone. Seldom doesn't happen. And people are scared. They're insecure. They get fearful or they try to work on something and they get rejected by a client. Client doesn't call them back. It doesn't no show. And then they have this emotional reaction to the whole thing because they feel rejected, not loved and not supported. And I get all of those things. And what I'm definitely not saying is that those feelings are, I am not saying that they're not important, but what it is important is to recognize where those emotions, those states and those insecurities are stifling your progress. I think that to me, when I say CEO avatar, this is one of the biggest things is that emotions can guide us down the wrong path if we let them. I think it's important to recognize how we're feeling. Take a second, breathe, ask yourself, what is it I'm feeling right now? Why do I feel that pain in my chest, that discomfort? What's stopping me from making this next move? And then in my opinion, try to step on that and make it happen right away. And I said this to Taylor when he was starting here. And I don't know if this is the right thing. I am not someone who's a professional in this world, but I would always tell Taylor that I tried to do something every day that scared me a little bit, small micro things to talk client about this. If someone stepped on me, like basically said, they weren't going to pay my rates, you know, have a conversation in a different way than I normally wouldn't like try to do something that terrifies me a little bit every day. FPM, perfect example. How can I do something totally new and see how this goes and for me all those things that scared me a little bit gave me an opportunity to grow outside of my comfort zone and evolve on to the next part and here's what the most amazing thing is is that first and foremost you don't need to do anything crazy it's small things I'm scared of talking to someone at Starbucks great go to Starbucks don't talk to them about what you do just start a conversation see how it goes people aren't so scary. Get that emotional reaction. Have it to kind of relax a little bit. Next, go in and then have a second conversation with someone and then start talking to them a little bit about exercise. Hey, I do this exercise thing. Have you ever exercised before? And just see how that goes. Does it feel awkward? Do you like how it feels? Do you not? At the end of the day, I think you'll find one thing. People aren't scary. And you can overcome these feelings. The challenge, I think, is when we see it as a prison and we start feeling, oh, I feel rejected. I don't feel good here. And then we completely stop. What we're doing and we let that influence our world. And that bums me out a lot is that if someone's feeling insecure about something, they won't take a step forward. And then ultimately I'm not worried about how they're feeling, but I do care about them not achieving the result that they want. That's the big
0: thing for me. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And I think, yeah, that's a great piece of advice, which is do just build up slowly because I think that in the CEO hustle world, it's a lot of like, just do it, get it done, ignore da da da. But like the reality is that that's not how the psych, that's not the psychology of success that 's not how the mind works like most people need to have small incremental steps and build the confidence you know i, I when i was when I was looking at raising my rates you know I, this time around I, I did make a big jump but there was a reason for that but before that I just did incremental i made have started at sixty when I started my career sixty five seventy eighty five ninety ninety five and uh, i I'm just probably not in good taste to just blurt out numbers right now, so I'm not going to go with what my new one is, but I took an increment, incremental jump at the encouragement of and my other coach, because he said to me, Glenn, you know, the $100 barrier is the hardest people hardest, pr- hardest number for people to break. That and $500. He says, people have like a mental block where if they're asking for over $100 per hour for their time, they feel like they're just not worth it. But once you get the one person that's willing to do that, you get that confidence. And you realize it's not impossible. And so I had that. Not even that long ago, and after that, it's been no—it's been no problem, you know, talking about it, right? So, yeah, you have to definitely make things be a little bit more incremental. I think it's wonderful advice. I think some people, honestly, are going to have a bit of the opposite problem, where um, for whatever reason they're so headstrong and they're so determined to get stuff done that sometimes they have a hard time putting on the brakes, or they have a hard time seeing any other way than their own or they have a hard time acknowledging other people's feelings and what's going on with them because they're so determined to get what they want to have done done. And from the outside, it looks like that they're very successful, very powerful, very well to do, and all that kind of stuff. But like, on their inside, there's probably a lot of turmoil there because they feel like if they don't create and work hard every single day, that they're not good enough, that um, that they're not gonna be accepted by everyone, they're gonna be rejected, whatever that is for them, right? So this isn't just all about like feeling timid or like not enough, but some of this is also manifests itself as like almost being like too much of a go-getter, spending too much time at work, pushing people away, ignoring your family, right? There is some kind of thing that we're all going through and identifying where the gaps are for yourself and starting to address them. And like sometimes, listen, honestly, there's nothing wrong with getting therapy. I think therapy is a great thing. I, I've seen a therapist myself. My, my, my coach right now, he's a medical doctor, life coach, kind of, and also like a therapist. I guess it's a psychotherapy. And it has been one of the best things that I've done. And I, I'm glad the younger generations seem to have less of a stigma with this than older generations. Um, but older generations think if you go to therapy, something's wrong with you. Well, let me tell you, everybody, there's something wrong with all of us. And that's just the truth. There's something wrong with all of us. No one's perfect. Everyone's got their own stuff. But learning how to progress yourself in increments to move past that is going to be super important. And if you need to, it's okay to see a therapist and talk to somebody too because it really goes a long way. And it really made my business explode and blow up and really change me to be a better business person, better CEO of my business, better colleague, better husband, better homeowner, better human being. Honestly,
1: micro progression. I mean, the thing that I love about Tom Purvis, micro progression, those small incremental steps. This is where you need to know where you want to go. If you have that destination in mind, whether you're comfortable taking gigantic steps and doing something terrifying or taking the small steps to more towards that Those are all perfect options. Choose which path is best for you. But here's what I love about the idea of micro progression is as you take those small steps, you have guidance, you have support, you have a mentor helping lead you where you want to go. Those micro steps become slightly larger micro steps and then slightly larger. And then all of a sudden progression seems to be almost exponential because you have this growth in progressions that you feel comfortable taking. Instead of doing one sentence of something that terrifies you each day, now you move on to a whole Part of your day doing something that would have scared you years ago. And then all of a sudden, your growth seems truly exponential, which I love. So that's a great piece of guidance, Glenn. Thank you.
0: I love it. I really, you know, I really enjoy, I'm really enjoying this conversation because. I love talking about the CEO mindset and the flow because really understanding my avatar and who I have to be has helped me tremendously. Over the past my month has been crazy for me in terms of growth, but over the past couple of years since you and I started talking about this. But the other thing I love about this conversation is that it flows into so many other categories here. Like it's not like marketing, we just talk about ad copy and like, you mostly just talking about ad copy and some psychology. Um, even though we did talk about some other stuff, like having your CEO avatar is so intricately woven into every little thing that you do that understanding it and knowing it really, really well, just by the virtue of understanding and knowing your avatar, even if you just do that exercise and you spend 20 minutes, and I I mean I encourage everyone to do this, take a piece of paper and a pen or type it out and project yourself 10, five years in the future and envision yourself as the CEO version of yourself that you always dreamed that you would be, the pinnacle, and start writing down the behaviors this person is taking. How are they dressing? What time are they getting up? How much money are they earning? What kind of behaviors are they taking right now? What are they doing, right? How are they communicating with people? How are they marketing? Spend as much time as you want and come up with as many things as you can. I always encourage people to come up with a list of 50 because 10 is easy, 20 is harder, 30 gets crazy, and then 40 to 50 is where like a lot of the good juice comes out and you start seeing stuff that you never thought before. But you spend 20 minutes to an hour doing this exercise, your subconscious starts to go to work for you almost right away, and you start taking different actions almost seamlessly. And if you want to make it more of an active action taking process, all you do is go back and review that list whenever you're not sure what to do or, or not sure what to study or not sure we have to grow into and the answer's already there for you.
1: you don't need to be a master of all of those things. Like It's more important just to know what you need to be aiming at so you can start to work on improving them. Because frankly, if you're not a good communicator at all, that's fine. Maybe you can be an excellent communicator. Maybe for you, that's going to be a huge, challenging skill set to develop. But if you can even improve it by one, two, three percent, that's going to have a massive impact on the overall overarching characteristics of your aggregate avatar. I got one last thing I want to throw in there just to help out because I would say that as I'm thinking more about this and Glenn is bringing up some really great points, there's one thing that I've seen is that as you go through developing yourself, Make sure that you're taking an objective lens on where you are right now because it's important to know where you want to be. You could say you want to be a millionaire with 15 cars and a 3,500 square foot house and all these crazy things. But if you're looking at that and you go, I want to be here, great. Where are you now? If you're working at a commercial facility and you're getting clients handed to you, but you have a full schedule, on the outside, it's very easy to go, I have a full list of clients. I am ready to go out and open my own business. But that list of clients was sold by somebody else. It came from the lead generation sources of the gym. And another salesperson is doing the renewal sales. Fantastic if you want to go do your own thing. But we have to look right now. If you're in a big box facility and people are doing all this great work for you, can you learn the skill sets of the people, including the entire commercial facility, that has helped that client find you. And then once you realize, okay, I am busy, but I haven't developed my own business yet. Then you can start reverse engineering it. And Glenn brought up a great point at the beginning that I'd love to echo this idea of reverse engineering your professional development, know where you want to be know where you are and then now know what can you can kind of work on to move forward. And I love this. I mean, I think this is a great thing, um, but also having that objective lens of I'm only making a thousand dollars a month right now. I'm a few months away from being able to jump all the way up to 10, but what can I do to get to those $10,000 months?
0: The last thing I'm going to add is taking action because I, I have a, I suspect something here. I suspect a lot of people watch the content and we, have, we make suggestions about actions to take or things to do, and people don't do them. Uh, CEOs take action. There's no way of getting around that. And so I, I highly do recommend if you have never done that exercise, spend some time getting in touch and t- taking that action. Like put an hour aside and don't, if you're listening or, or right now, pause the recording. If you're watching on replay, pause what you're doing spend an hour, not, not right now, but sorry, schedule an hour and do that exercise because it will pay, it's one of those exercises that pays tremendous dividends down the road. It's, it's amazing.
1: Awesome. So everyone, listen, I think this is a really fun episode. I think this is a great piece. A lot of information here. Glenn and I are really passionate about you having the right, the right mindset. And so if you're ever in the mentorship and you're going through the program, you know myself, Taylor, Glenn, and then everyone in the entire community is all around, all around thinking about, pardon me, what frame of mind your head is when you're going into something and so this is one reason why we love challenging people to go live because you go live on facebook uh, there's nothing more honest than being you being naked on stage so to speak and having to put yourself out there so all this information was intended to help you grow and succeed but now I think this is a great time glenn what the heck is your pick of the week what is uh, the item that everyone or the thing or the person or the whatever it is that everyone here could benefit from
0: i'm doing a fun one i'm doing a fun one this week Uh, Not for everyone, maybe, but certainly, I think if you're in the exercise profession, you might appreciate it. Uh, (laughs) I'll get there in a second as to why. I saw the movie The Suicide Squad this week. New DC movie, typically not a huge DC fan. I don't think they do a very good job with their movies as of late. However, they redeemed themselves with the Schneider cut of the Justice League. That four-hour beauty was amazing. The Suicide Squad, listen, at the end of the day, it's an action movie, but... It's a lot of fun. There's some great comedy. Um, There's uh, all your favorite stars are in there. There's a lot of great cameos. I know that we're really big on Fitness Pro Mentors, and this is a usually typically like more marketing business end of things, but I like to get down and have fun sometimes, and I'm a huge movie buff. If you follow me on my personal page or my social media, you know I love movies. It's one of the things that I love going to see. And, uh, oh, that looks, that looks amazing, if that's what I think it is. And, um, and so, yeah, I just really enjoyed The Suicide Squad. It was really, really great. Um, super awesome redemption for DC, because the first uh, Suicide Squad was terrible. And it was directed by James Gunn, who did Guardians of the Galaxy and a handful of the Marvel movies. So you know it's good. And so my pick of the week, fun one, The Suicide Squad. I had a lot of fun. I highly recommend everyone watches it.
1: Well, no wonder DC is doing better because I hired a Marvel director. So they got to be doing something right. Good point. Um, so what I've got here that I'm really excited about is uh, I'm on exploration to look for affordable, reliable, super easy to use dynamometers uh, for personal trainers. Because I do believe the more data you can collect, I want to zoom in on me here for a second, uh, the better. So what I've got here is the Active 5 dynamometer. And I'm super excited about it. Mr. Ryan Fitz recommended it to us and it's super light, super small. It doesn't even have a battery. It actually operates from, it's got its own kinetic driver somehow, so it doesn't require it to be charged at all, which is a huge pet peeve with a MicroFit one. And it connects into to my iPad and my iPhone. I've just started exploring it. And I got to say, like, I'm really excited about it. I'm going to explore a couple other companies, but I might even get a second one. So everyone in here can start using it. Um, yeah. And what I love about it is the actual Active5 app allows you to do multiple tests in a row and then does an immediate compare contrast of right side towards left side. So I use it with a client. yesterday yesterday. and we saw there was a 48% difference between the two tests. So it's collected the mean of test one, test two on the right side, and then test one, test two on the left side. And we saw that of the means, there was a 48% difference in one of the tests we did, which really helped us in our personal training session, which I thought was really, really awesome. So more quantitative numbers, it's still qualitative, but I like to think quantitative, like more qualitative quantitative numbers for you to make decisions off as a personal trainer, just reinforcing this idea that we like to talk about in our program, the idea of the client centric data-driven personal training practice.
0: I think everybody agrees that the suicide squad was a better pick, but you know, maybe this week we'll call it a tie. How much do these things run for, Um, Brandon? So this is
1: 300 US.
0: That's not too bad, actually.
1: No, no, and I highly recommend it, honestly. Uh, If you're in our program, you'll be seeing me talk about it a heck of a lot more, even starting this Friday in our case study group. Uh, But anyway,
0: everyone, thanks so much for watching. Yeah, this was a lot of fun. I love talking about this stuff. Um, If you ever want to have conversations about how you can create your best CEO avatar and help yourselves get towards all your income and business and fitness goals, awesome. We want to help you. Give us a shout. Brandon and I will do a complimentary call with you to help you figure out what actions you need to be taking right now to make your business explode. We're a direct message away. If you're thinking about it, take some action. Message us right now. We would love to help you.
1: Everyone, thank you so much for watching this episode of the Minds on Muscle podcast. We love having you guys. Please check out Fitness Pro Mentors' Facebook group for a ton more information. And we will see you guys real soon.
0: FPM, baby.